Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Podfest. I am your um, Dante of an MC, because uh, I wasn't supposed to be here today. Um, but my name's Nick, and I am emceeing this first part, and that'll probably be the last time you hear from me, hopefully. Uh, this is the last night of the festival. You're supposed to go, aww. Get it right. Oh my god. We have a great lineup tonight. Um, and before I introduce the shows, though, I do want to mention uh, this, this was produced by Memorial Development. Um, if you don't know us, well, look us up, please. Uh, we have a Facebook page and all that stuff, website. And uh, we are an independent podcasting company, and that means that we are broke because podcasters don't make money. Uh, so if you're like, hey, I really love these guys. They're the best. We do have up here at the, at the table the donate can. It looks like it says donate because, well, if I had written donate in one line, it would have wrapped all the way around the can, and then you wouldn't be able to read it. So it's donate or donate or whatever. If you're putting money in there, I don't give a shit what you call it. Um, but anyway, we have a show here ready to go. Uh, this first show is um, maybe the most thoughtful, civil uh, movie review show I've ever listened to. Um, they have very sure clear... Sure talking about me. Uh, talking about all of you, actually. They have very clear, concise ideas. Uh, on their last episode, they talked about how... Um, uh, they talk about Char- the new Charlie Angels, or Charlie's Angels movie, and they brought up a bunch of examples uh, proving that Elizabeth Banks is wrong about the whole um, can't have female-led action movies. By the way, you guys missed The Hunger Games, which she was in. Oh, good oh, point. That's true. Ah. Yeah. That's true. Um, good point. No. But uh, <laughs> yeah, these guys are great. Uh, give them a round of applause. Cinema Slayers. <laughs> I just kind of wanted the clap to keep going. I never get a clap. Hey, Southside Podfest. We are the Cinema Slayers podcast. And uh, we typically review movies and things like that, but we have broached other topics before. So with this, to kind of make it more accessible for everybody, we're going to talk about our favorite Chicago-based movies. So movies that are based in Chicago, not filmed, because that doesn't count. So there's not going to be a dark night where it was filmed here, but not based here. Um, so we are going to talk about those, and at one point we will ask you guys if, you know, there's one we've missed or something like that. Um, but we are going to start it off with Justin. So what are your favorite Chicago-based movies? All right, all right. So when you think about the list of Chicago-based movies, and I think it being December, this is the perfect time to talk about this movie, but how many uh, people are fans of a little movie called Home Alone? Does anybody remember that? All right, all right. That's what I thought. And I mean, come on. Who doesn't love Home Alone? I mean, when, when you're making a list of what are the perfect Christmas movies, what are the perfect holiday movies, I don't know how Home Alone doesn't make your list. It definitely does for me. Um, Macaulay Culkin. What can I say, right? Like, who's a fan of Macaulay Culkin? Come on. Little Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) Not the one that kind of has to take the break from movies and all of that stuff, but let's just just go back to little kid, smart aleck Macaulay Culkin. How about that one, right? Like, come on, man. Like, he was just so great in this movie, so charismatic. I mean, whether he was mouthing off to his parents or... Um, telling his mom that 
he hated her or whether he was setting up micro machines and causing Joe Pesci to slip down a, a whole lot of steps or something. He was magnificent. He was just marvelous in the role. So I, even going back and watching this movie, because I watched it recently just so I could speak on it and be fresh. I, I mean, I was still laughing. I was just still laughing at all the shenanigans going on. And come on, man, that was one ingenuitive, resourceful kid. I mean, that that house was a death trap by the time he was done with it. So it's still just amazing to go back and relive some of those great moments. And Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern just did a great job as these burglars just trying to say what they are. What? The wet bandits. The wet bandits, yes, that's right. Because he would leave the water running whenever they hit a house. So that was great, right? Their calling card, so to speak. But, man, they were just magnificent. And, I mean, there are just so many great lines and so many great moments. Um, But I'm not going to lie. The way that uh, little Kevin, Macaulay Culkin, was talking to his parents... I'm not going to lie. I was sitting there watching it going, man, I could never say that to my mom. Like, <laughs> like I, can, I, I would just love to tell my mom one time, oh, I hate you, or call my mom stupid. And, yeah, I, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> so I just thought I had to um, put that in because, yeah, uh, yeah my mom uh, would have killed me if I spoke like that. <laughs> but... Um, but no, like the movie's great. And there were also some other great cameos in this movie that I just appreciate now. John Candy was also in this movie. Yeah, yeah. like any John Candy fans, right? Yeah. John Candy, yeah, let's hear it for him. Rest in peace. But like, man, he's just, and that guy, I mean, whether you're talking about planes, trains, automobiles, or um, any of his movies, man, just so endearing so genuine like John Candy is just somebody who I will always be a fan of man and it just seeing him in this movie as Gus and he and him and his uh band of players and they give Kevin's mom a ride so that she can get back to Kevin I was just like man dude I miss this guy like I really genuinely miss him so I'm like man I didn't want this movie to give me these kind of emotions man but seeing John Candy it was cool just um reliving a classic film with John Candy in it. And the last thing I'll talk about before I let my guys go is just the soundtrack, man. I mean, every Christmas movie, uh, I, I mean, every Christmas song imaginable is just in this movie. And Sterling, you love Christmas songs, right? I hate every single one of them. <laughs> we, we, had, we had a debate at lunch. And he really? just kept naming songs. And Are I was you? talking about how I hate them. <laughs> We're rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah, who the fuck does happy that? Who the fuck rocks around a Christmas tree? It's the <laughs> stupidest fucking thing ever. <laughs> okay, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Yes, rock. and like I said at lunch, nothing rocks with jingle bells. Like, you're never hearing a rock song or anything remotely like that and going, this needs some fucking jingle bells. <laughs> like, jingle bells are the least rock thing ever. You could have a Fisher-Price xylophone, and that's more heavy metal than a fucking set of jingle bells. Yikes. Um, 
Should I give up or keep going? Should I just keep Let's torturing? Probably, yeah. we, go, we, go. <laughs> we tried earlier today. It didn't work. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's not. Um, yeah. I hate all of them. Uh, let's just say he's not the most Christmassy person, but the soundtrack is on point. You know, the, the, it, I mean, Christmas songs galore. So it's the perfect kind of holiday movie for that type of season. So it's the soundtrack to my own personal hell. So, yeah, but, but honestly, that is my. Uh, number one pick was definitely Home Alone, so I appreciate everybody letting me speak about that for a few moments. I don't think they had a choice. <laughs> yeah, they really didn't have a choice, but hey, come on, it's Home Alone. Who doesn't want to talk about that and relive that for a little bit, so... All right. Awesome. The house was pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah it really yes. was. And it was a big house, but imagine, like... I mean, how many kids? Like, it was like thirteen kids in the total in the house, right? It was six kids, and then, and then the yeah, uh, right, and then there right. were cousins and all of this stuff. Imagine that, like taking care of thirteen man. Like, I have little nieces and nephews, and after like ten minutes, I'm done. I couldn't imagine that many kids running around in a house or trying to arrange flight plans or keeping up with them in an airport. No way. No way. So, so you're hats thinking off to that's them. plausible now that they left Kevin because of that? <laughs> you're like all these little fucking asshole kids, and you're just like, yeah, it makes sense that they forgot one. <laughs> like the biggest asshole kid of all of them, too. Yeah. 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 Left him. So, but yeah. Good times, good times talking about Home Alone. Am I doing my next one? If you want, or yeah, go ahead. Guys? Go ahead and do your next one. Okay. Now, this next one, I could, I could speak on two, so this is going to be my second pick. And this one kind of holds a special place in my heart. Um, the first musical that I ever saw live was Chicago. So, um, does anybody remember that? Anybody, uh, anybody know about Chicago? The musical, the movie? I was going to say, anything? yeah, we all know about the fucking All city. right, right. <laughs> And I mean, hey, Chicago's in the name, right? So I couldn't go wrong with this pick. But man, I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm such a big fan of that musical. Like, and, and the recent uh, movie that they did with Catherine Zeta-Jones, Renee yeah. Zellweger. The recent 2002 movie. Well, the most recent, well, you know what I mean. The most recent version of, because they've done different versions of it, but... This is the most, um, this is my favorite one anyway. But yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Renee Zellwinger. I mean, who else was in this? Queen Latifah, Tay Diggs. Richard Gere. Yeah, Richard Gere. The main fucking character. Like, oh, of course, yeah. But like all of them, man. And I mean, just, I mean, first of all, the cinematography of that movie, it looks gorgeous. It just really takes you back to that time with Al Capone and when all of that stuff was going on. It really just has that uh, very old school kind of feel to it. Every song was just uh, amazing in this movie. I mean, uh, and the, you said Richard Gere just a moment ago. Richard Gere... Um, as Billy, that lawyer that was going to get Renee Zellwinger off after she killed her husband. That, I mean, th that was just such a great character. So many great songs came out of that musical. So, um, yeah, that one just has a special place in my heart. And um, when I visited New York uh, not too many years ago, Chicago was one of the uh, Broadway plays that they were doing. So I got to go downtown to... Um, 
um, Times Square. I don't know why it escaped me for a moment, but I was in Times Square, so I got to experience that, and I got to see Chicago live, and it was fantastic, man. So I had to throw that in there. Home Alone's my kind of like my sentimental Chicago movie, but Chicago is definitely one that has a special place in my heart, for sure. I have some thoughts on that, and I'll save them for later, though. Oh, God. All right. Why? <laughs> so, Heather, what is your favorite Chicago-based movie? Yeah, so I only have one, but it was a no-brainer for me, and it's because it was my favorite movie growing up, Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. That, was, that movie was my jam. I watched it every day when I was younger, and I think it came out the year I was born, so I considered it, like, my movie, so I would always watch it. But, yeah, I think not just the nostalgia of it, because I loved it as a kid, but I remember, like, I rewatched it recently, and it's still just really fun to watch. Like, it's not believable in any sort of way that any of that would happen, but it was still just fun to watch. And I wanted to be Elizabeth Shue so bad when I was younger. I thought she was, like, the coolest person ever, and she had a job, and she was just, like, the cool kid, you know? And she had the cool hair and, like, that cool coat. I just wanted to be her. So it was... um, But, yeah, I just remember um, there's just a lot of memorable scenes with it. And I think, like, um, even the... What is the building? It's the Flatiron Building, I think, is the one that is apparently their dad's building that they're staying at or that they're at the party at. And one of the best scenes of that movie is watching the, the daughter, like, try to climb across the outside of that building to get away from the bad guys. So I just remember that scene, and I thought it was terrifying as a kid. So, but, um, but it was beautiful scenery. I mean, you get to see, like, skyline of Chicago and all of that. So that was good. And a lot of, like, people in this movie that I didn't remember were in it. Um, Anthony Rapp, when he's super young, he's, like, the annoying kid. And I love Anthony Rapp in Rent and in everything, but I did not like him in this. Like, I didn't like his character, but... He did a really good job being that, like, really annoying kid. And um, who else was in it? Bradley Whitford, a young Bradley Whitford as the douchey boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that because I was like, he looks so old now, but, like, back then you're like, okay, I can see it. But he was, like, the one with the car that said so cool on it, and he was, like, that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But... So, um, but I mean, just, they well, come what about Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah, Vincent Thor. D'Onofrio as Thor. Uh, I mean, with blonde hair yeah. and everything. It's crazy, but he's in it for three minutes, but it's pretty epic. So, yeah, that was great. Um, but, yeah, I just remember, like, everything that they go through in this movie is just insane. Like, they almost get in a gang fight. They, like, have to sing the blues to get out of a blues place. You know, and, like, they, their car breaks down to get, you know, shot at. This man with the hook comes and saves them. Literally any crazy thing you can think of <laughs> that I think at the time they were like, this is totally Chicago, when they're like, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was, like, they went through literally everything you can in this movie to just go pick up this friend that's stuck at the train station, I think. I think it's a train yeah, station. Yeah. Or the bus stop. Because she was running away from home, and she was a pointless character because she did nothing but cause them trouble. Like, she's the whole reason they're out <laughs> trying to get somewhere in the first place. And it's just, she was really pointless, but 
it was funny anyway. But yeah, it was just, you know, there's just a lot of memorable moments in the movie, and the soundtrack is also really good. Um, I remember trying to like reenact some of the scenes when I was younger, like when she's singing in her room, getting ready and stuff. So it was just. It's a fun, nostalgic thing, but also it's just a fun movie. They even remade it, I think. So, yeah, but... It was a Disney Channel movie. It was <laughs> yeah, straight to Disney Channel. For what that's worth, yes. But um, <laughs> it was... I just remember always really liking that movie and always wanting to watch it and everything. So um, that's 100% my favorite Chicago movie, for sure. All right. It's my turn. <laughs> uh, before I go, though, um, I do want to actually put out to you guys... Uh, what are some Chicago-based movies that are favorites of yours? And don't say Blues Brothers, because I'm going to talk about that, so just don't talk <laughs> about that. I'll get to it. We're not forgetting that one. But what's some, some other ones that you guys liked? Ferris Bueller. Fuck Ferris Bueller. <laughs> that kid is a fucking oh, sociopath. Don't do this. That movie is a fucking prequel to the series Dexter. <laughs> like, right after that, when he leaves high school, he goes and becomes a blood analyst and then becomes a serial killer in Miami. <laughs> That's what the fuck that movie is. Is it fault? Yes. <laughs> because he is also a sociopath. Yes. Absolutely. That's true, yeah. Mm. Mm. Backdraft's fine. I like that. Yeah, backdraft. I, mean, I, I have no I have no opinions really on black backdraft. It has it I guess good. a shitty bald one in it. I'll give you that. The firehouse is a mile away from there. We'll oh, there really? we oh awesome. Huh. You learned something. Anybody else? Any other Uncle Buck is Uncle a very Buck, good one. John Candy. That is a good one. Yes. I yep. thought somebody was actually going to yell that when Justin was talking about John Candy and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Risky Business. Oh, Risky yeah. Business, yes. Yep. I do, Great I, movie. Great movie. As much as I want to, I can't hate Tom Cruise. <laughs> I want to, but I'll see every fucking movie he makes. Ah, Breakfast Club. I yeah. See, I didn't even think of that one. Yes, I, didn't I mean, think of that no, one. It's, a, it's a good movie. It doesn't age well. But yes, Transformers Two. Transformers Two. No, that one doesn't take place here. What's that? Transformers Two does not. Was it three then? Three, four, and five also do uh, have appearances in Whatever, Chicago. They yes. Were all shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dark Knight. We already said that one doesn't oh. count. You don't listen, do you? <laughs> no, that one doesn't count because it's not based in Chicago. That's Gotham City. That would have been my pick, too, though, if we could yes. do that. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah, would totally. say it. That's why yeah, it's fucking it's... lame. <laughs> but, no, uh, I'll start with mine then. Uh, yes, Blues Brothers. It's, it's one of my all-time favorite movies in general. Um, we, we did recently record an episode for the, the movie Queen and Slim. It's not out yet, but we've recorded it. And I do mention on that that I'm a sucker for a blues scene in a movie just in general, and it's not a spoiler, there's a blues scene in this movie where they're at a little blues joint in the South and dancing, and that gets me every time. So then when you have Blues Brothers, and it's just a movie full of blues scenes, what the fuck? <laughs> you killed Christmas. You did. I did. Your I'm holiday exactly. spirit killed it. Because you don't like Christmas I'll songs. See, take this it. is what happens when you don't like Christmas songs. Oh, no, now he's proud that that happened. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Now, now that you told me that was me killing Christmas. <laughs> Yeah. That just made my night. It made everything just... Oh, no. That made my Christmas. Oh, no. <laughs> but, no, it's a, it's a movie full of blues things, and it's just blues music and randomly the Rawhide theme song. And, <laughs> and I think now, especially, that it's a, it's a, very, it's a more poignant movie now because apparently America needs to be reminded that Nazis are bad. <laughs> and uh, 
like back then it just more or less understood that oh yeah nazis are bad and we we lost our way somewhere so <laughs> i'm glad blues brothers is around to uh to reteach us that um but just the other yes yep i mean he's in everything yeah. it's chicago based uh except the, the next movie i'm going to talk about but it's just it's it's one of those things that everybody it's it's an iconically chicago movie it's there's something about that music and, and those people and just how they kind of were shitty people, but they were still nice. And that just kind of makes me think of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, but my second movie that I'm going to talk about is my favorite all-time Chicago movie. Uh, is the Candyman movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because that is intrinsically Candyman. Chicago. I just, when I think about it, it's, it's that, yes, it's that time capsule into that vision of like Caprini Green back in the day and just it reminds me of just you would see like a UIC student going I'm going to go to Caprini Green and change things (laughs) and then you burn in a fire and that just is amazing to me Uh, (laughs) it's one of those things where it's kind of anti the movie uh, Chicago because (laughs) Chicago is too fucking clean and bright and happy it's that's not Chicago (laughs) But it was dark and twisted, too. I mean... No, it's not. That was a song about yeah, they're, husband they're, killers. Yeah, it's a song about them. <laughs> like... <laughs> okay. It still has a nice beat. You yeah, can dance it to it. It did. That's not fun. Like, that doesn't feel like Chicago to me. That's just too clean and bright of a movie. Whereas you have Candyman, and that's fun. That's Chicago. <laughs> that's you sitting in a doctor's chair, and you getting a hook through the back and right through your chest. Oh. And then burning in a, then later somebody burning in a random bonfire in the middle of Cabrini Green. Like, that is just most intrinsically Chicago movie I've ever seen. <laughs> that sounds fun. I mean, that's like, because I'm not from here. I'm not from Chicago. I'm actually from Texas. And uh, I'm not going to lie. It was Candyman and Blues Brothers that made me want to move up here. <laughs> like, those nice. things are what made me love the city of Chicago. And so, it's just one of those things, like, I watch those. I mean, I probably watch Blues Brothers like once every three months. And Candyman, I probably watch at least once a month. It's like I'm always in the mood for Candyman. (laughs) I I know, right? You say that. But I killed Christmas. I think I'm on the right track. I mean, it's it's one of those things that uh, I do work in the city and... I work in a lot of data centers around the city, and we have, uh, my company has one that's actually in what used to be Caprini Green. And every time I go there, I get a little depressed that I might not die. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the most gentrified thing ever. Like, there's a fucking place over there that sells, like, dog cupcakes. Like, and oh, apparently yes. there's enough people around there that strictly buy their dogs' cupcakes that it makes me depressed. <laughs> like, I'm really kind of hoping that, because Jordan Peele is actually producing and helping reboot Candyman. And I'm kind of hoping that that movie takes place in what is Caprini Green now, and it's just him killing all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Like him just intrinsically hating it so much that he wants to single-handedly turn it back into the Caprini Green of old. And that is my my hopes and dreams for this world. And I hope it comes out on Christmas, because then I'll maybe like the fucking holiday. (laughs) Oh, God. But no, is there anything else, like any other Chicago movies you'd want us to like maybe talk about a little bit? Like the movie Rampage. Nobody brought up the movie Rampage. <laughs> uh. I actually think it's sneaky good. 
because it's just really? what the video game is. It's monsters destroying buildings. They don't really try for anything else. <laughs> and it's fine. <laughs> Rudy. Fuck Rudy, because oh, fuck Notre Dame. <laughs> All that was bullshit anyway. Have you ever heard Joe Montana talk about that? He was talking about like that scene where all the people like go and put their jersey on the coach's desk to get them to like, oh yeah, we got to put Rudy in. He's like, that never fucking happened. We didn't give a shit about that kid. <laughs> it was a fucking joke that they put him in that game. And also, like I said, fuck Notre Dame. Oh man, but the movie was so like no one emotional. He was and, offsides and uplifting. No, he was offsides. He fucking cheated to fucking do that shit, which is a typical Notre Dame thing. <laughs> Oh, oh man, no. damn! It's mainly because I hate Lou Holst. <laughs> oh, if, if you know anything about Notre Dame, he was one of their coaches. I fucking hate Lou Holst, so that's a lot of my animosity towards them. But mainly, just yeah, fuck Rudy. <laughs> the Fugitive, yes, no, that is a that's good a one. That's a great one. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, yeah. is, like, have you ever heard about, like, the true case behind all that and stuff? Like, and it's, it's just weird that you don't think about it. It was, like, what, back in, like, the 1920s or something like that? But it was very much like the O.J. Simpson of that time. Like, because it was the yeah. most ridiculous thing. And you're, st- like, I'm still looking back and, like, listen to it now. I'm like, no, that guy was fucking guilty. <laughs> because there was all this weird shit. And it's, like, it really is. It's the whole, it was a one-armed man. And, like, that part of it was incredibly accurate to, the, like, what actually uh, happened. Because the guy was blaming his wife's murder on a one-armed man. And, yeah. uh, but, I mean, if you're going to have somebody, like, portray you and, like, try to swing the balance in your favor, it might as well be Harrison Ford. Right? Yeah. And then have Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. Tommy Lee like, Jones. Like, prove yeah. you innocent. I mean, who the fuck's not going to trust Tommy Lee Jones? Mainly because I'm afraid he'll scowl at me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll feel bad. And then I'll go, yes, you're right, Tommy Lee Jones. That's just more or less how I live my life is would Tommy Lee Jones scowl at me? And I don't think he would, especially for not hating Christmas, because I don't think that man can smile. And I think he hates Christmas, too. (laughs) That probably would have been my second choice movie. He was a bad Santa. That's a great one. Are you from Chicago? Is there any movie that makes you think this is the most accurate portrayal of Chicago that I've seen? Are you sure? (laughs) Fuck Rudy. You don't listen. You were the worst listener. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to go into Ferris? Do you want me to go into Ferris Bueller again? <laughs> we, we, we got it. We got it. What? Win it all. I don't know that movie. It was a Netflix movie. I, I definitely don't give a fuck Win it then. It all. Win it all. What's it about? Well, yeah, you do have the Untouchables and things like that because you yeah. do have like a lot of the old gangster connections and in, in whatnot in yeah, Chicago. And they're always fun. Yeah. Yeah, and Public Enemies, I liked that one a lot too. Oh, did you? Oh yeah. Yes, that's see, that's oh, what I've been waiting for. Wayne's World. Yes, you asked me. That's it. That's Wayne's the World. One? Yes. All right. I, the thing is about Wayne's World, especially, is that is one of those iconic movies. Like it's a they classic. made Aurora seem so amazing. Right. <laughs> like they did. Like whenever I was a kid, like because my aunt does live up here, and she actually lives in the Warrenville, Naperville, Aurora area. And we came up here to visit one summer, and I just see Aurora on the water tower. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. I'm in Aurora, the home of Wayne's World. This is going to be the most lit place ever. Because I knew future words back when I was a child. And then you like spend any time in Aurora. And you're like, oh, this place fucking sucks. 
Like the, but the movie's w- great. <laughs> yes. We, like, the fictional characters of Wayne's World is the only thing that makes Aurora worth anything. Like, at this point, I kind of just wish, as much as I hate Naperville, I just wish it would swallow up Aurora. Because at least it would make things a little bit interesting up there. Like, the Fox Valley Mall is like that, which is the mall in Aurora, the Naperville, that whole area, if anybody doesn't know. It's mainly for people listening. It's... It's the most graveyard-esque mall ever. Like, it's the, <laughs> the stereotypical this-is-why-malls-are-dying example. <laughs> um, it's... Because it's got the most just typical mall stores. Like, I think they're most, like, popular stores like JCPenney's and Sears. And they're a reason why oh. they're going out of business. And that's the Fox Valley Mall. And that just sums Yikes. up Aurora. <laughs> I kind of feel like I want to take you to Aurora just so you can see that, like... Oh, why did they pick Wayne's World? Like, or why did Wayne's World pick here to be? And I think it's because Mike Myers is Canadian, and he oh. actually didn't know anything about this area. <laughs> I be. think he just went, "Oh, a lot of people in SNL talk about Chicago. Let's just be outside of it." Oh, Aurora sounds like a pretty name, <laughs> and then they just filmed it probably in, I don't know, where do they film a lot of shit in Canada, Vancouver? Yeah, British, yes, Toronto, that's Vancouver. probably where they fucking filmed it. Because nobody actually wants to go to Aurora. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? Anybody else? Brewster's Millions. Brewster's Millions. I only vaguely remember that movie from being a kid. (laughs) Well, it's great. Just based on nobody else responding to it, I'm going to believe that's a no. (laughs) Is it that... We already talked about that one. You're a bad listener, too. <laughs> you should come sit in this chair. Oh, high fidelity. That's the bad listener chair over there. High fidelity, yeah. High fidelity, no, is a good one. Oh. That is. Yeah. A lot of the old John Cusack stuff is all based here. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a Chicago yeah. favorite. High fidelity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're catching up to each other. <laughs> See, High Fidelity, that guy nailed it. <laughs> Barbershop, yes. A lot of people don't realize that, that it's based here. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, see, so you're just looking at, like, an IMDb list. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what's on the list. Brewster's um, Wayne's <laughs> World. You are not a nice person. You all sit over there and you smile with a beard and act all nice and pleasant. And oh, I, I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that he's actually just sitting over there planning to, like, think of Christmas songs to start naming because <laughs> he's obviously the devil. <laughs> and this makes no sense to anybody that's going to actually be listening to this, this podcast out somewhere else because it's a very visual reference to a man sitting at this table. <laughs> All you need to know is just think of a guy with a pitchfork and red and some horns and you fucking nailed the guy. That's pretty close. <laughs> man. I don't know. What's, what's your name? Pat? Yes, the name of the devil it's is Pat. No, it's not. What the nice, fuck is pleasant, pleasant about name. the name Pat? My mom's name Pat. Pat. And she's it's the pleasant. whore of Babylon. <laughs> it's pleasant. I, mean, I, I think mean, I lost the crowd on that one, but yeah, that's you fine. Did. No, any, any, anybody else that wanted to name a Chicago movie that was not already said? It's a test. I really kind of hope somebody's going to say hi, Fidelity. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I have looked at the That's same good. list you're looking at. So, so most of these aren't surprising at that point. Steve Carell's first 
Was it? Okay. Was it? Huh. But all right. All right. On that note, guys, we want to thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, you can check us out at www.cinemaslayers.com. On Facebook, we are Cinema Slayers Podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, we are Cinema underscore Slayers. If you want some of this nice, fine merch that people are wearing up here, uh, you can go to our website, go to the top right-hand corner, check, uh, click the little merch button. We've got everything from T-shirts to coffee cups to, I don't know, tapestries, because something tells me you need our fucking logo hanging from your wall in a frame. <laughs> Um, on that note, we always do end our podcast with one saying that Justin over here fucked up saying one thing once, and I've never let him forget it. So on that note, guys, remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. And then our thing. I hate you. I hate you. I really hate him. Thank you, guys. I was talking about Moonlight. Yeah, you might have been talking about Moonlight, but you mentioned my favorite comic book character, so fuck you. 